Do you love the Bad Film Club? Consider supporting us through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you want to give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in our show description to support us in any way that you can. We really appreciate it. This is the Bad Film Club, starring Holly Gordon and Shanae Navigela. Your feature is about to begin. Hello, hello, how are you? Okay, how are you? <laughs> Good, thanks. We're just li- living our lives. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's Groundhog Day, seriously. Yeah, it's like living the same day every day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm good. We're the Bad Film Club and we watch bad films. I'm Shanae Vigela. And I'm Holly Gordon. Yeah. Hello. hello. Hi. Can you tell that we're tired? Yeah, I mm-hmm. think so. So this week we are discussing the 2021 Netflix original Malcolm and Marie. (laughs) (laughs) And the only reason I suggested to watch this film and do it now is because it came out like within... It came out on Friday, right? It came out... So we're filming this. We're recording this, sorry, on Tuesday. It came out the Friday just gone. Mm -hmm. The only reason I suggested this is because the internet sort of (laughs) blew up about it. The internet made you. (laughs) Yes. And so, yeah, it's... Do you want to talk about the plot? Yeah, so... It's 106 minutes long. We'll talk about that in a minute. But basically the premise is that a filmmaker, a director and his girlfriend come back from a his premiere of his film and it's just filmed in the microcosm of the house and it's basically them having an argument for hours over that the course of that night in this house. And that's literally the plot. Mm. That's it. But it's 106 mm-hmm. minutes long. Yeah. So it stars um, Zendaya and John David Washington as obviously Marie and Malcolm. And it's written and directed by Sam Levinson, who has previously worked with Zendaya on Euphoria. Yeah. Which is, I guess, how obviously how they know each other. And I think this all started from the fact that obviously filming has stopped for a lot of, their, for a lot of production. Yeah. Like production has stopped on a lot of things. So they were kind of both very quiet, like, not busy. Yeah. I think we should mention that this is, I think, the first film that was filmed in the entirely in the pandemic, right? Yeah, it was a very small cast. I think the credits are introduced at the beginning of the film, so which is obviously a choice made. <laughs> but I noticed that the team behind the film was reduced to a very, very small, yeah. like, half mm-hmm. people yeah. to obviously make it safe. COVID safe. Was, yes, I think you're correct, one of the first films to really... To fully from start to finish. And I think even from the concept, because I read a GQ article that Zendaya was interviewed for it, and she said that they sort of pitched this idea to each other, mm. her and Sam, Levinson, the director, kind of over the phone because she was just feeling essentially bored. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these are the <laughs> so things that you do when you're the- an out-of-work actress, right? And an out-of-work screenwriter and director, why not? Mm. Yeah. And so, like we said, it was released on the 5th of Feb, so this Friday just gone. Yeah. And the budget was $2.5 million. And what is really interesting to me is how quickly they got the budget and the deal with Netflix mm. from like from a very quick conversation to suddenly getting a full platform <laughs> and a, 
like a team behind it so so quickly I understand that there's obviously quite easy to do when you're relatively well known in Hollywood but it just felt so it felt so fast and then now it's out I know (laughs) it didn't there was from start to finish it was very quick yeah there's not a long lead time at all is there no but then I guess how much post-production does it need there's two of them yes oh we should also mention this whole film is in black and white I liked it. I know. I know. Everyone's like, it's so pretentious, I, but I really enjoy. I really enjoyed it. I think Zendaya is a beautiful woman, and Washington yeah. is such a <sighs> what a man. I think uh, he's a very like uh, how do you say it? Physical actor. Yeah. Like everything yeah, shows definitely. on his uh, face, and everything, especially in this film. Whereas Zendaya has her very. She's a very. She's. So talented. Yeah. And I think the the one joy of this film for me was just seeing her performance. I know. She's so good in it. Okay. To be honest, I know we're doing this on the podcast, but I could not stop watching them. So there are problems with this film, but I feel like I need to lead at the start of this and say I couldn't stop watching them because they were so compelling to watch. As you said, they're quite there's a lot of movement in this film for a film that only takes place inside of one house. You know, there's a lot of yes. movement acting. Although I feel like it was a too long of a film, I really did enjoy that kind of stylistic element. I really liked the black and white aspect because there's something very simplistic about this film because the plot is essentially very simple. Mm. I have some questions <laughs> about if there really is a plot. I mean, don't we all? Yeah if we actually needed the film in the first place. That's interesting. And there's a lot of, like, writing questions I have. Yeah. But the black and white choice, like, creative choice, makes sense because the film is supposed to be... There's no faff to it. Mm. It's just two people having an argument Mm. for a very long time. (laughs) And, I mean, we don't sell it very well. No, we're not. We're not not selling it We're not selling it very well. But because... You have to think about yourself. Like, would you ever want to watch? You don't. No one ever want, wants to watch a couple have an argument. Mm. So that's why I was thinking, why do we want to then suddenly watch this as a film? Yeah. But there's something, like you said, something very compelling about the performance, and I do agree. I think considering it's um, filmed in a house, which they rented, the Caterpillar it was a COVID house, safe house, which, which is my favorite name for a house ever that I've ever heard. <laughs> I also love the seashell house, but that's for another film. But the caterpillar house isn't that so cute? (laughs) That's really cute. I didn't know it was called that. Yeah, it's by an architecture (laughs) firm and it's in California. Of course it's in California, but... It's so... It's very nice. And I just thought it was very interesting that they use the house very Mm. well. Like, not every... There's... I think there's not really any room that we don't see. Yeah. They use the set, even though it's a limited set. They use it to the... I guess their potential, and I think that kind of. I know this is supposed to be a film about bad, a podcast about bad films, but the there are good things about there are things I enjoyed about this film. Yeah, there's also stuff I didn't. It's definitely, I think, the best film that we've watched so far out of all the. This is what episode twelve. Sure. So yeah, yeah. I just ugh, have some questions generally about. <laughs> yep. I mean, we wouldn't be doing uh, it if some, we didn't have questions some. and we didn't have some thoughts as well. <laughs> We are going to delve into now why it's a bad film mm-hmm. or why we think it's a bad film. Are there any scenes 
or I say scenes, but specific reasons that stick out to you that why you personally think it's a bad, could be considered as a bad film or not great film. Yeah. Okay. I think for me, it's a bad film because of the writing. That is... (laughs) (laughs) Because... Yeah. Stylistically, this film is shot so beautifully. The frames are so nice. There's some really beautiful, like when she, my favorite, one of my favorite things is when Zendaya is lighting her cigarette with Marie. Sorry, is writing is lighting her cigarette with the kitchen lighter. I love that. I love that detail. It's such a good detail. And then um, the camera kind of pans out so you can see her smoking in the doorway outside. And then you can see Malcolm sitting on the sofa in the background and her in the foreground. And it's so it's so well shot. And then, you know, when they're sitting outside on the deck chairs and that shot of her like in her vest and panties, which is wild as well. And just that shot of them just looking at each other, looking away from each other is so well done. But and I feel like they're really good actors, but the script is bad. And there's some things in it that I just don't feel like were necessary. <laughs> but five minutes into the film he's already ranting if we weren't watching it for this Mm. wouldn't you have been like "Mm, we're in a pandemic i don't know if this is the film i would have stuck with if we weren't watching it for this you know i agree the first 10 minutes of this film really bugged me and it was most it was not because of zendaya at all or anything else it was solely john david washington washington's like performance because i and i just didn't like I said, he's a really physical actor mm. and that's great. As And you get, and I think you get used to it as the film goes yeah, along. Yeah, definitely. And how like emotive with his body he is. Mm. But there's something, and I know he's obviously, the character's on a high because he's just come back from a his premiere of his like first major film that he's directed and written. Mm. So he's obviously very happy that it's gone well and the, the social party, like the social after party is like, He's, you know, obviously rubbed up against loads of reviewers, like critics and people that's important. But there's just something so... Grating. Grating and uncomfortable (laughs) about his character in the first 10 minutes that I really wanted to not watch it because I didn't like how he... Like, and I think that's just, that's character... That's writing, essentially. That's designing a character. And I wonder if that was... The point. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> feel like it's the point. Automatically annoyed at him. Yeah. They were automatically annoyed at him. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. definitely feel like that's the point. For me, it started when he's turned up the music so loud and then shouting when Marie's on the bo- in the toilet in the bathroom and he's just shouting, you looked really beautiful tonight. And she's just like, what? I can't hear you. I hated it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that bit. You're a dick. It really put, it paints a picture of the kind of person he is. Mm. Or the kind of character I guess he is. Like, he can't be bothered to wait. Either wait until she comes back in, because she's cooking for him, or go to her. Mm. Also, those kind of comments <laughs> really bug me too, because they don't feel real. Yeah. You know, it just feels... It's like there's a dead silence, and then suddenly you get, like, a compliment. Because mm. I feel like someone's trying to fill a silence. And I also wondered, was he so unaware of her obvious bad mood Right from the start, or did he? Re- was he really unaware of it? When they arrive into the room, you can feel it coming off of her, and we're sitting behind a screen, you know. Yeah, we're the audience, and we can instantly tell that Zendaya's character is pissed. Yeah. 
and we find out that they've been in a relationship for five years, but how unaware of, and they've gone through a lot of stuff yeah. together, but how unaware of your girlfriend are you? I know. That you uh, are just, you just don't really take into consideration her body language. I guess that like kind of delves into just how people read each other in relationships. Mm. Like, can you tell, know their tics and stuff? I agree that the writing was bad. I thought some of the dialogue was stupid. A hundred percent. And just not actually would never have actually been said in real <laughs> not life at all. not at all there's a line where he says you're psychotic and she says you're hyperbolic do people talk like that no. to each other in relationship no absolutely not i think this is also that this must be the sign of the pandemic and just how language from the internet because we've always been stuck at home and the only way of real communication has been online mm. internet language has slowly seeped into and really influenced the script mm. it's pain it's quite jarring at first because you would assume that a screenwriter can obviously their the skill of writing dialogue that feels natural and um doesn't feel cringe yeah is is important and when you're starting to pick up i picked up like little bits of language that i've seen people use in tweets <laughs> and on instagram yeah. and just how social media language is very different to... How you actually speak. That we actually speak. And to hear it in a film is very jarring, mm. I think. And I think that made me... When there was, like, serious conversations and serious moments and arguments in the film, it pulled me away from the actual argument because it was jarring and just didn't fit well. Yeah, definitely. Personally. So that's why I think... Yeah, so I think the writing was bad. I also don't like how the writing kind of makes it out like there's some sort of balance between them in that they're both horrible to one another and it equates in the same way when it doesn't. So there's a bit in one of my worst bits in this film is that bathtub scene. I really didn't like it because I feel like they could have just cut it out because it was so horrible. They didn't need it. Yeah, exactly. I feel like this film didn't need that on top of it. So basically... They've already had one argument they've made up. Then she's kind of pissed off because he brings up something else. Mm. And so she goes to have a bath and he keeps saying like she's trying to break him down. She's trying to cut him up and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, I could break you like a twig. Imagine if your partner said that to you in any shape or form. Threw that out in an argument, but he didn't even throw it out. He's not screaming at her. Mm. He says it very quietly, very confidently. Okay, so now we're just going to be cool with like showing abuse in relationships in a way that's just insidious and there, which I guess is kind of the point. Mm. But I feel like it was so hurtful and harmful that it kind of didn't. I don't feel like it did what what Sam Levingston wanted it to do, because how mm. do you then reconcile them as a couple? Yeah, I think the that whole bathtub scene. All it made me think was. Marie was well, Zendaya's character. Marie needs to leave. Yeah. yeah, and also it just made me sympathize with her so much more mm. because there's something so unattractive and so gross about a guy bragging about the people he slept yeah. with and using it as a as a tool to manipulate and play with the person's emotions. Yeah, like they're better than the other person. Yeah, I think as a woman watching this film mm. it's not that it's like direct 
trigger or anything. I think it's just there's. I think every woman has like probably every person, but but as a woman, I think people we've all experienced something like in the terms of a guy trying to trying to show off or to prove that he's a certain specific mm. thing and doing it completely in the incorrect way and has actually hurt our feelings. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and I just think that it brought nothing to the film. It was very uncomfortable to sit through and it just sort of stuck with you a bit too long. And I think, and Zendaya's character did say that it made him repulsive. The, one of the redeeming factors was that they had great set. Yeah. You've just ruined that part of it. So what's the point? And I definitely did actually think that this film would end with them breaking up because it felt like they should have. Let's talk about that because this is also why I think it's a bad film. It went on for too fucking long, Holly. This did not need to end when it ended. It should have ended when she got, you know, when she gets off the bed and everything goes white. Mm-hmm. It should have ended there. Mm-hmm. That is like my absolute max it, cut-off point. That's when it should have ended. Uh, ended. Well, it's a hundred and something, how long? hundred and six minutes. Yeah. So they could have cut out at least a good, I think they still could have cut out more. They could have made it even shorter. It could have been like an hour 90 long. Minutes. It's like... Like it could have been an hour. It's a film about a couple arguing. Yeah. And it's more like it's an argument that starts at one thing and then escalates Nobles, yeah. because everything seems to be unloaded. Music plays a big factor into this Don't film because I feel like... And because they're very passive-aggressive with the music they play. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. <laughs> which is quite funny. It is funny. We've all been passive aggressive in our lives, but it's very funny because I think that was quite probably quite a cool piece that and it starts off with music playing because Malcolm is dancing. I do this is a personal pet peeve, but I really dislike watching people dance. Um in <laughs> I films. was gonna say I actually sense. like that bit of the film because it's like the one time that he's not being an absolute asshole. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I just, I, yeah, I guess it's just my general uncomfortableness. Yeah, I, th- I feel like just watching people dance on screen, unless it's part of like a performance, I, I get what you- I get where you're coming from because it's just like what for what? Yeah, there's, there's the one you could see it as like, oh, they're in private. It's just them two together, and they're he's in the safety of his own home, so he probably feels really comfortable to just dance and let go. Mm. There's that way of seeing it, which is the positive say way of seeing it. Then there's my way of seeing it, which I put myself into the situation. And if I saw someone, even if it was my boyfriend of five years dancing, I'd kind of feel a bit like I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> and like, but then also Zen, like Zendaya's character is in a bad mood. So of course, like you're not even want to, you, you just look at it and you're just like, I'm in a bad mood and you can't even notice it because you're so busy dancing because you're so happy. Yeah. I think there's a running, there's a running thing that uh, Malcolm is essentially very, work related but very work focused driven and very career driven Mm. and he's very very oblivious to his actions and how they directly affect Zendaya's character definitely and one of my pet peeves also is I really dislike this is that he he uses like the fact that he helped her through recovery and her addiction like he uses it against her (laughs) yeah you don't do don't weaponize people's trauma. Like, don't don't do it. It's not a thing. It's not cute. Don't yeah. write that shit in. I like. We don't want it. And that's not how. 
it, like it's not okay for him to say that and get away with it because in the film he gets away with it, you know? Yeah, I find it really interesting that they did, I think Marie says it, but she says they're talking about the script writing because it's come, we get told that they've written it together. I think Marie thinks Malcolm based the main character of his film off Zendaya and her yeah. life. And she's contributed to the script and the rewrites and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. I don't know. Do you know what? Actually, I also think maybe could have not been cut, but could have been shorter. Which bit? Is the bit where he's ranting about the review. Yeah. I really don't like those expositions in this film because when you realise that this film is written by a white man, it pisses you off. That's what it literally... That's the one... That's one one big note I wrote. This whole rant, it's it's a story about a black couple. It's a... There's this whole discussion about him being what well, his career and she he ta- he's so I don't know there's something really frustrating about this character he's just so angry there's like a lot of there's a lot of stuff that he brings up that is very interesting he's so angry yeah but there's a lot of stuff about the comparisons that they draw for him they never compare him to people like James Cameron or Christopher Nolan they'll compare him to people like Spike Lee and Barry Jenkins. And then he does that thing. It's like she can't remember if William Wyler was black or not, and stuff like that, which I think is really interesting. But the way that it is delivered, because it's delivered in kind of like a monologue, and it's just all this exposition of it's like a just a word dump over her, which I think is really interesting because he's just talking, and Marie is just lying on the sofa and she's laughing at him because she's just like you're having an argument by yourself. And I think stuff like that's quite interesting because it's just like he's saying all this, all this stuff. And just like vomiting it out, which is interesting if it was written by a black director, but it's not. So it feels like he's making John David Washington the mouthpiece for his frustration. And I'm like, you don't get to use black bodies to politicise stuff that affects you. I don't know, like the, the script just sat really badly with me. I get what you're trying to say. I Yeah, I just didn't like any of it was they talked, they discussed about being black in Hollywood, black directors they discuss the whole thing of the career as being an actress or an actor. Mm. And they discuss how like, and how everything is political when it comes to black writers and just blackness in general, which is interesting. Yeah. And it's, it is interesting, but, and it's, it's, it's interesting until you realize who it's written yeah. by. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, cause there's this thing about authenticity in this film and I'm just like, Oh, but is this just hyperbole in itself? in that you're trying to like subvert something and it just doesn't quite sit right with me. This is about the stuff that you see on social media. It's written and digestible and it's a discussion is written in this film. You're n- I don't know if I'd ever imagine someone going on a monologue this yeah. long to one other person in real life. But I feel like we've had discussions, but we've had discussions where there's a back and forth. This one was mm. a whole monologue and like you said, he was walking around or he was outside not even facing Zendaya yeah. character so it kind of felt like a speech yeah. and it felt like he was just trying to let it all mm. out and what was interesting and made me slightly like annoyed <laughs> uh, was that he was so worried about he was talking in this specific way about this specific LA Times Rev- r- reviewer, reviewer yeah. like, critic yeah and then was so stressed about this review and the lead up to it. And then he suddenly gets it and he shits on it and moans about it. 
And I, I just don't know what you want. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I don't know if that's insensitive to say because obviously there's a because he dissects the review and obviously talks about the key phrases that are brought up so often about um, and the the language that is now used to discuss like race yeah. and filmmaking. Mm. But I just thought that's anticlimactic. Yeah, that's what it. No, but that's what it is, isn't it? Basically, because he needs the approval, so he needs it because he's so narcissistic. But as soon as he gets it, he can shit on her. Ugh. So he like he loves the like the 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 build up to getting the praise. Mm. But then once the praise is in, and once the praise is not exactly how he imagined the praise to be in exactly his head, that he um he doesn't like it. But then there's Marie who's laughing, and she's actually like, wait a minute, like listen to the bits that what they called your piece of masterwork, yeah. which I also was quite I laughed at because I didn't know that that was a. Actual word, yeah. masterwork, <laughs> masterpiece, or whatever it was. I don't know. But she was sitting there calm as clam, like literally so super calm, taking it all in, dealing with his monologue. Yeah. In this moment, he just didn't even consider Zendaya character as like there. Or he just knew that he had an audience that would probably listen to him. That's definitely, that's definitely what it is. But then as the actual audience of the film... I was more interested in Zendaya's just lying there. Yeah. <laughs> Even her facial, her small facial expression. I feel like she's such a scene stealer. She is. She draws focus. She pulls focus even. Yeah, she really does pull focus. She really does. Because even her, just like her slight facial expression change, I was like much more interested in that. And I don't know, I feel like this, film was written in order to give both characters balance but it doesn't feel like that it feels like Malcolm's talking at Marie a lot or trying to break her down and I know she's not perfect either she says horrible things she does horrible things but from the get-go he's like you're unstable you're psychotic and I hate it when especially when men like try and gaslight women in using that language Mm. I find it really jarring and distasteful but then I guess that's what it's supposed to be, right? Mm, I found it interesting that all the flaws that she had were actually nothing to do with the real argument. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the all the negative stuff that she brought that he brought up about her, it was not actually relevant to what the actual argument started exactly. out. Exactly. Whereas the reason she's upset with him is because and she said it's early on because he did not thank her in her speech. But then the this catalyst of an argument just opened up all of this other crap that was not needed. So half of the stuff that they said, I think, was just pointless. Like mm. it just like was basically just a thing to be mean about. And I just found it interesting that what he would say about her to her face was personality driven. Yeah. And it just was insulting her as a person when realistically, what has she done, like done? He wrong? throws a lot of stuff in her face. Which is, I think, also why we're both mm. so abhorrent towards the script because there's a lot of stuff that's done in a way that's petty and isn't kind of conducive to them moving forward or us kind of, us as an audience feeling like we want them to stay together or we care about them as a couple. I feel like my instinct is to kind of favour Marie 
Because even from the start, you know, she's making him, she's pissed off at him, but she's still making him food. She's still doing that emotional labor for him. She sits there while he calls her meek. And, you know, she's she's there at his premiere. I hated that. Yeah. And I, I just really don't like that. And she kind of questions him at every turn and he calls her crazy and delusional. She's unstable, all this stuff. And he's sitting there like screaming at her from across the room while he's shoving mac and cheese in his face. I will say one of the worst one <laughs> of the worst scenes is uh, she's gone to get. I think she's gone to like go to the toilet or something. Yeah, she sits down and eats the mac and cheese she made it, and it's the most uncomfortable scene. Oh. I hate, I hated watching him eat mac and yeah. cheese because he's so loud and <laughs> so funny. Uh, it's so it's so funny because she's just like, "How are you abusing me from across the house?" And he gets so angry that she used the word abuse, and she's like verbally abused, and he's like, "Yeah, like make sure there's a distinction." And I'm just like, "Do you not?" understand that like abuse is abuse abuse. like what it's like you know being broken down by the person that you're supposed to be so in love with isn't that worse exactly yeah exactly you know and then but that scene i think is my favorite scene because she does not back down which is great and then she's like can you hear yourself oh this mac and cheese is delicious what a cunt i wonder if i should get seconds what a cunt and it just made me laugh so hard oh it's so good I think she's uh, when she really when she stands her ground, it's really good. Mm. And she does. I think she does it again, where where they're arguing about. I think it is the authenticity of the character. Yeah. And so she goes into the she goes into the bathroom, puts a robe on, and then she comes back out, takes a knife out of the drawer, yeah, and like starts to act because it's the discussion because the conversation the argument escalates even more. To, to Marie asking why she wasn't even casted as the main character, considering the characters based off yeah. her. And so she then proves to him that she would have been she great. Can act- she can do the job mm-hmm. and she can play the character that's basically based off her. So she gets a knife, obviously, to like freak him out a bit <laughs> and set and like sits opposite him and acts. And completely changes, completely switches from uh, from Marie to this like fictional character mm. or this acting bit, and then switches, reverts back to Marie, and says, "That's all. That is that. That's authenticity for you, and that's what authenticity buys you." And I was like, "Yes, yeah." <laughs> and it's so good. And then all he says is like, "Why didn't you do that at the audition?" And I'm like, <laughs> "It made me laugh," but I was just like, "It's because you don't see her," and I. I feel like the argument that she gave was rational and he kind of calls her crazy a lot. So I feel like it's trying to make the audience feel like she is and she's irrational when her points are valid. Like, imagine if your partner was a director and didn't thank you, thank the whole world, but didn't thank you in their speech. How are you supposed to feel? When the story is based on your life, but they refuse to acknowledge that it's built. I thought that was a really weird detail that he was just adamant that it was not anything to do with her. When it's like, but she was literally an addict at 20 and that's what your story's about. How how is she supposed to think of it? Yeah, it just he just doesn't see her and she says that to him and he doesn't like her saying that. So he tries to break her down. But it's shot so well that you kind of forget, you know, it's shot in these ways that make it feel tender and beautiful because there's so many close-ups of his face and he looks amazing and she looks amazing and you just keep looking back and forth between them because you can't stop watching them because there's so much acting tension. They really flex their acting muscles here. It's really good. But 
then mm. the words that come out do not match what is happening on screen. So you're kind of sat there with this disparity and then you don't know how it's going to sit and it doesn't sit well with an audience, I don't think. No, I don't think so. The film is edited in such a way and the obviously and the, the script that we've mentioned is they go from argument to making up to argument to making oh. up and it's such a choppy up and down film because it and it feels and that's the tension because you just don't know when you think that you're safe when they're not arguing yeah and then something something happens and it completely flips and i think they they try to make you feel a bit confused about who to root for at the end but then when you sit and think about the film once it's ended you're like well hang on a second we're still we're all we're all rooting for marie here aren't we But also, we're just rooting for them to break up. Yeah, there's no way that you would want them, and you feel bad. It it frames this film frames them in a way that you're just like, why would I want them to stay together? I don't understand. I didn't get it. Can I just say one thing? The music was by Labyrinth, which I adore. I love that little detail. What he's English. I really like that (laughs) too. I thought it was. I thought it was very clever that they played specific songs that had lyrics that would link to how they were feeling in that moment and how they would communicate. So it felt like the, because there was, I think maybe the, this, this is a film about a one long argument yeah, and the, the struggles of communication and the struggles of communicating how they feel to each other, but then music comes in and it's, and that's doing the communication for them because feelings are hard to talk about Mm -hmm. when you feel extreme in one way so it's hard to get across what you're thinking and feeling Mm. I watched this film with subtitles so I got the lyrics on screen Mm. and it actually makes a lot of they actually they link so well to the situation of the film but I thought that was quite nice and I did like I did like it that was quite labyrinth (laughs) any pieces of costumes that you like dislike questioned wondered why (laughs) Zendaya changes her costume so many times compared to John Washington. Well, I mean, what? Tw- once, twice, once. True. Okay, twice. Yeah, but he barely he, like changes. Yeah, she's wearing her fancy dress. I want to say the like whole scene of showing her like taking her stockings off. Is it necessary? I don't feel like that sexualization was necessary, but okay, it's there. Then she sits in the bath. She's naked, but the water's like milky. Yeah, so I don't think that counts as a change, but. Her makeup changes because it's like smudged around her face, and then she's in high waisted panties and a vest for the rest a of the vest. film. I just and it's interesting because he's got a shirt. He's still got his like his shirt and suit like suit from the premiere on. Yeah, and it's just interesting that it's just the female character is dressed down and in more revealing clothes than the yeah, male. Yeah, but we know why that character. is. Why, why are we still doing this? And it's it's just like, it's now so blatantly obvious in the film that it's just annoying. Yeah. And it's probably two, three o'clock in the morning outside. I don't care if you're in Los Angeles. It's still not warm <laughs> enough. Fine, she put on a robe. But I still think that like the there was a, a bit of an imbalance with the costume. Yeah. But I didn't think she looked very but good I think, the whole time. I think it's really interesting <laughs> that they... that. That was the outfit choice. And then they talk about... She's, like, lying on the floor. And they're talking about Taylor, who's the lead in Malcolm's film, of the climax scene. They talk about it. And Zendaya's point is that she doesn't... 
she didn't feel like it, that scene needed to be shot with Taylor's top off. She was like, well, you could have delivered the same message. Why have you sexualized her? And I thought that was interesting when it, it's shot like that. And then they're talking about sexualizing women yeah. in a way that's sexualizing women. Yeah, they talk about the problems of filmmaking whilst doing those exact problems. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's... Mm. I think that's the crux of the the thing that makes me not like this film is that... I wonder, are we missing the point or is that literally... Is that just the reason why we we don't think the right like know. this is a good film i, don't know. I can't I think... figure it out am i being like i feel like i'm being pranked <laughs> yeah i feel like it's stuffed full of all these ideas but they never come to fruition and there's all this kind of talking at you in a way that's kind of off-putting and i feel like they could have just maybe taken some of it out and it would have de- delivered the same kind of punches that it does because there's some dialogue in it that's really interesting so one of my favourite lines in this film is Zendaya says, one of them was like, don't believe the hype and don't push away people who ground you. She says something like, don't take me for granted. He says, I don't. And she says, you did. So she, it's not like she's afraid to call him out on his bullshit. And I like that kind of rawness of that. And then she says one other thing mm. that is really interesting. There's nothing that sells more than disgust. And I feel like that summed up this film for me because I feel like we're so compelled to watch it because of the way that he treats her. It's horrible to watch, but you can't stop watching it because their chemistry is so good and so raw and so electric and they both know what they're doing and know how to hold themselves and know how to use a room and to use a space and to use their faces and their bodies. And it works really well. But it is, it's like that feeling of disgust that you have of their relationship, of their malice towards each other. Yeah, I think, yeah, I And agree. you can't can't help but be kind of drawn to watching it, mm. but then it doesn't make you feel good about it. And, for example, like, do you think you would ever watch this mum again? No, and I also would be pissed off if I'd gone to pay for it in a cinema. Exactly. So what do you think? Do you think this film would have been received differently if it had come out only in cinema? Um... I think so. I think there would have obviously been a massive buzz around yeah. it. Like, it, there's been a big buzz around it. Anyway. Obviously, yeah. just... Anyway, because of how it was made and... The cast. The, I mean, the cast. The bu- the negative buzz around it has been the age diff between the, car- the cast. I think we should address this because yeah. I'm not saying that it's amazing, but I'm sorry, but there's only 12 years between them. That's not that long, especially not in Hollywood time when you have, you know... 28 year old people being like wives of 57 year old men especially when i watched the the hitman's bodyguard the other day with my family and salma hayek plays samuel l jackson's wife in what fucking world absolutely not so when they do shit like that like about 20 isn't there like 20 she's in her 50s and he's like in his late 70s early 80s maybe like absolutely fucking not yeah, I think obviously yeah. it's bad because, but also she is quite young. But I feel like we forget that, and then also, you know, in Hollywood world, most of the actresses that play people that are her age are normally quite older, and but she's not, so it's kind of a revelation. And yeah, I get it. Like the age difference is is bad. I think it's a Hollywood thing. I don't think it's a valid criticism for this film because, like, that's what we got. You know. 
Yeah, I also think it's directed at this film a lot more because, first of all, we've had nothing to do for the last year and a bit, yeah. so we're paying, we're actually paying attention to a lot of yeah. things. And second of all, I think a lot of people still see Zendaya as a Disney actress yeah. and haven't... Whereas, like, some people, I would say myself included, are very excited to see Zendaya's career take, like, ex- yeah, just grow. I guess I didn't see her in so Disney. Well. So. She's so talented. Yeah. I think a lot of... I, maybe this is... That's probably more American. And I grew up watching... I remember her from first seeing her on Disney. Yeah. She didn't stop... She didn't stop Disney until... She made the first Spider-Man film while she was still at Disney. So she still had, like, one foot in that area and then one foot in this area and then now she's fully parted ways with that it's kind of like people are just refusing to see her as a like growing up yeah and it's this whole and i again maybe like we do that we do see that with a lot of kid actors they're treat still treated like they're on it and there's like the whole kind of big thing about breaking away from like childhood but i also just think that zendaya comes off as so much more mature than her than she, she actually is, is what, which is why we are so surprised that she's only 24. Yeah, I can't believe she's only 24. Um, she looks... She not looks in, in the way that she... She holds herself. Yeah, the way she looks on film is that... Not like her physical appearance, but yeah, exactly. The way she holds herself, the gravitas that she has is so yeah. mature. Like, as we've said before, she pulls so much focus. I feel like she can hold her own in this film. I was more entranced by her than I was by... John David Washington and that's saying something because I think he was great in this I can't fault him his acting I think that is is a testament to her talent that she can it's just them two on screen the whole time and she like we said pulls focus a lot Mm. and so I just don't think the age difference is that big of a deal I I agree with you because at the end of the day it happens all the time (laughs) I, sorry, I'm like I'm really not saying not that, that it's correct because I feel like I also feel like you know if it was different like if she was in her teens and they were filming this it's pedophilic you know I'm not here for that but at 24 she's an adult she's allowed to make her own decisions I don't feel like it's a turning point of this film you know and I don't like no. that leveled criticism because it doesn't feel like it's a proper critique because I feel like people are also using it as like they're not both veteran actors and imagine this film with veteran actors and I just don't think that that's a valid criticism because I'm sorry that's not the film that you got the film that you got is with Zendaya and John David Washington you know <laughs> like yeah. that's it that's them yeah I also just I think I don't think the casting needs to be changed. No, I, I would keep it the same. I would keep it the same. I Because it's refreshing to see a young couple. Yes, the criticism that we had is that it's too long and it's just a, the, the plot is questionable. But if it it's just interesting that it's coming from a young couple because young problems with young couples are always perceived differently in like TV and films mm. and stuff. I think this is just a different take on it. And it's interesting. Do you think you would have changed the director in that case? Um, no, I would have kept the same director, but I would have changed the writer. He's the th- he's the writer. I would have just been like you. You, <laughs> you could, can direct you it, but you, to, can, you can't you write it. Have ri- you should have just been. You should have got someone else to write it with you, at least. Mm. Or like he's a good director, and I like how he's directed and shot the film. Yeah. But I think that would have changed the screenplay. Like we've mentioned, it's a white it's a white guy talking like. I know. Writing 
black people's problems essentially or what they go through and it's just like it's, it's, not it's just call. not credible yeah 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 100% I agree and I just think that a lot of the crap stuff that we've said that may, that could have been cut out or if he had like discussed it with another person <laughs> before yeah it, like I don't know imagine a, a woman having a bit of a dabble in the in the screenplay just to maybe edit a bit few bits out just like think about how someone would talk to them they would talk back i don't know maybe i think that's maybe the one thing that may maybe would have made it better if there was just a few more you don't want to overdo it with too many writers but you should it's kind of like when you have a when you write and have an idea you need to give it to other people to see how to get feedback No, I agree. I agree. This could have done with a redraft in that I feel like it could have had some of the scenes cut out and shortened. And some of the dialogue I feel like is not necessary. Like I would have been more interested to just see how they interact with each other rather than like having so much talking, you know. My other question to you is, do you feel like this works as a film or would you have rather have seen it as a play? Oh, it would be so much better as a don't play. Don't you think? Don't you think this is definitely a play rather so... like I don't know how if it translates so well into film, you know? Because it's so physical. Yeah. It's performed as such a physical film that to re- probably to really get the full extent of it and the full impact of and being present in that argument and not just seeing it on screen being having see, seeing it on stage like sp- would be really cool and really interesting. I, I I really would love to. I would have loved to seen it on the West End when the, when, the when world... theaters open <laughs> yeah, up yeah. again. When the world opens up again and allows it. But yeah, that would it probably would translate quite well into a play because it's so simple enough yeah. and it's it's got those monologues and those like mm-hmm. long talks and the kind of up and downs of a script that could that works well on stage because there's a different emotion is performed differently on stage I think and translates differently on stage because it's a live audience and then I think when you're watching a film you can get t- very quite tired of yeah. it but when you're in a theatre so much more immersive yeah. in the sense that you're right there and it's in front of you happening so you can't it's a different reason why you can't look away that's exactly what I said when we watched it I feel like watching it as a film has mentally and physically exhausted me we had to take three breaks because I couldn't sit there and watch <laughs> it all the way through and I felt like the peaks and troughs yeah. of it made me quite stressed and I felt exhausted by the time we finished it. You know, as a, a play, I feel like that would have worked so much better because you can see the physicality of their relationship, the intimacy, without it kind of being a bit cliche. And it just, I don't know, I just can't stop thinking about watching it on stage. Yeah, it would be really good, I think. This film came out like three days ago (laughs) so it hasn't really had much of a cultural impact but do you think it will have any impact on culture or do you think it will kind of have its moment and then pass because a lot of due to the pandemic just things are are very short-lived at the moment because things keep moving like culture is moving really fast and really slow at the same time so i just wondered if like we're gonna get a week of people chatting about it but i don't know if it's gonna have like a going to be one of those like long-lasting films that people remember not at all we'll go back to and i agree with you i don't think that it will be because even though i found it very compelling i would never ever go back and watch it again and i think that's the issue with it it's not a rewatchable film it doesn't have that 
it doesn't have those like shining moments of things that you're just like oh i i really want to watch that again i would probably watch it on mute again but i don't think i would ever watch it as a film again like as in its entirety especially it's a really nice visual visual film i just don't yeah like you said there's no bits that i ever want to i don't want to go and relive it no (laughs) because i think this could also probably easily within a month get lost within all the other things that are coming out on netflix and are already on netflix yeah and i hate to say that it will because i really i was really excited about this film and i was really looking forward to watching it and i love the fact that it's Zendaya and John David Washington. I love that it's a two-person cast. I love the way it's shot. But for me, it, it it just didn't have the kind of substance that I think will endure. And it's unfortunate. No. You know, because stylistically it's beautiful. But then again, it calls back to those kind of 1960s John Cassavetes films of, you know, jazz is playing, people are doing like small things. Like not a lot happens in the plot, but those people kind of have, even though you only see them like for a smidgen of their life or like a kind of tiny output of their life, you feel like they're complete characters. Whereas I feel like Marie and Malcolm don't exist outside of this film. Does that make sense? So I feel like there's no kind of lasting contract. Like, I don't feel like they're one of those great love stories. I don't think I would watch it again for that. There's a lot of malice in this film that I don't, care to revisit unfortunately i don't think it's a film that will have a lasting impact yeah because you have these like art i could say in quotations art house yeah yeah films that are beautiful and um and do last like ages and you can go back and rewatch them but the reason you do is because they're they're happy or they make you feel happy and they make you feel feel something they make you feel something this just made me feel annoyed and it also did make me feel tired as exactly. well. And it's it's not a, it's not an emotion you want to relive at all. Whereas, like, I can think of a couple of, like, I say, art house indie films-ish that I have rewatched several times because yeah. of... Not not only because of the emotion that they feel, but because, make me feel, but there just seems to be m- more to it. Like, these, these characters in this film, is they obviously delve into the backstories of the characters and they're developed but like you said they live in this one moment and that's all we're ever going to see there's other films where the characters are so developed and there's loads of different bits of it that you know that they have a life outside of this film i mean like the the film i can think of instantly is called by your name because literally just because it came out three four years ago and it's still it's still loved by a lot of people yeah, I was thinking about the farewell and portrait of a lady on fire. You know those kinds of because you know what it is. I think it's because what does this film achieve? Like, what is the point of it? Well, did we need it exactly? And I feel like did they we, say that in this film, this film, and but they never kind of answer it. And I at the end, you feel like, I mean, what was the point? Yeah, what did yeah did I gain anything from sitting through this? No. You could, it's like a before and after mm. after you see a film. A film can when a film impacts you in such a way that you remember that you remember not don't want to sound lame, <laughs> but like life before it and life after it. Yeah, definitely. You have your moments. There's there's like there's films that have moments in your life and then I think the, the this one, maybe as much as it maybe wanted to be, is not doing that. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> so what did you give out of ten? I gave it 
a seven. But now that we've talked about it, I feel like I'm going to downgrade it to a 6.5. And I think that's the highest I've given so far on the pod. What do you think? Mm-hmm. You're going to give it way lower, aren't you? I gave it a, I know, I gave it a six. Okay. I gave it a six. And because I think it was better than like half 50%, I would say. But I just don't... Like, I don't know, I just don't yeah, care. Yeah. I, just, I it wasn't, just don't like, care about yeah, it. It wasn't time. entertaining, like, you're just kind of like, we're both just sat here like, I don't know. And I, I feel like that's well, kind of like, a measure is, of film, is. right? Like, if you can't talk about it afterwards, what's yeah. the point? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I felt like that about some other films too, actually thinking about now. The Wicker but, Man um, felt like that completely. <laughs> and then we talked about it for like two hours. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, six feels right because... It, there are some really good bits of this film and the performances and like directing were really nice. I think it's six just of those out of my six and a right... half is for Zendaya. <laughs> oh yeah, Zendaya just sold the show. <laughs> like, yeah. But like, it's one of those things also, like I love, I the whole other debate of awards, ma- like to awards yeah. matter is a whole other conversation. Yeah. But you want, you want people to get recognised for their work. So if, I so it's kind of come it's all this always happens I always think this because a film could be a hit, like people could slate a film not like it but you love a character you love an actress or an actor so much and you think their their performance in that specific film was so good yeah it might like do you want them to get nominated for that performance even if the general <sighs> film was not as good do you know yeah. what I mean like I always feel a bit weird because I'm like Zendaya is could get nominated for this performance I think she will. and it would make a hundred percent like might make sense but i just don't want her to like i just it'd be a, it would just slightly annoy me that it's for this film yeah but even though her performance was good but that's me but yeah okay <laughs> what did everyone else say <laughs> i reckon imdb um, I'm going to say 6.1. Did I? Oh, you were so <gasps> close. Was I? Yeah, I gave it 6.8 out of 10. <sighs> so close and yet so far. Similar to us, I would say. Yeah. Do you want to guess Rotten Tomatoes? Mm, I think people will be divided, so I'm going to say like 55. <laughs> Very close too. I give it 58% <gasps> on Rotten Tomatoes. Look at me, I'm the film whisperer. <laughs> mm, I think that those kind of reviews are quite similar to our rating. Yeah. Like it's just over half, but it's not just, still, yeah, not, still great. not great. Um, my favorite, um, like review esque yeah. person, basically wrote critics ex- kind of said the exact same stuff as us. Um, they really liked the performances and the direction, but the writing was poor. Yeah, so, I mean, I agree, but. <laughs> Little little white lies. Oh my god! Gave the film one out of five. <gasps> one out of five, and criticised the film for being awkward and hideously overacted. Acted talkathon. Yeah, I think I saw that, and I was like, "Little white lies." That's harsh. I know, but it's kind of. It's I don't correct, think it's like, overacted though. I disagree. I think the talkathon. Yeah, bit no, is, I definitely like, think that it's we don't, talk. We... I feel like there's too much dialogue, but. I don't think it's overacted. I just dis- little white lies politely 
disagree. Not even politely. I disagree. Yeah, I just think that the praise can be given to performances and direction because I there were some shots that it was so impre- like I thought that's beautiful. That was so beautiful. Yeah. And like obviously with a black and white film, uh, lighting is oh, really so important, important and probably a hundred times harder. Yeah. Because- I like the black and white. I thought that was good. I- <sighs> but the thing is, is that the black and white I think felt like a a tool for you to focus on the dialogue and then the dialogue was bad which is my issue with it i wonder then if it was in color we would have not focused as much i think that's actually a good point because i probably would have focused way more on zendaya's dress because i did actually pause it and think wonder what color her dress yeah. is <laughs> yeah because because <laughs> i didn't because you, you couldn't tell because yeah. it was in black and yeah. white so yeah that's it there you go would we say to watch this <laughs> I don't know because I want to say yes, but I'm also torn because I wouldn't watch it again. You know, like I've already, we've already both said this, we wouldn't watch it again. And I don't know if it's worth it. Like, I don't know if it's worth that time and the, the stress of watching it because I feel like it was quite stressful because they're just having an argument. So you just feel yeah. that secondhand embarrassment and awkwardness. But then. You know, some of the questions are really interesting, but then I guess you could just listen to this and we've kind of told you all the things that we found interesting about it. Yeah. You could... I mean, and the conversations that happen are also conversations that you could listen to a lot of other people talk about in different within different contexts. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. We always say... Right, we're saying all the time, saying right now that we have so much time on our hands so we could be doing... We could be watching anything, but, like... Mental capacity yeah, might not be there. I agree with you. Like, I wouldn't put myself mentally through this because no. there wasn't really a happy... There wasn't, like, a. I didn't have a break from it. Yeah. I didn't have, like, a mental break from the, the, the general argument, and that was draining. So you don't want to feel... We're in a time when we're con- currently feeling really tired and on edge. You don't want to watch a film that may also encourage that feeling a bit more. mm so basically I'm saying it's up to you. Yeah, you decide. <laughs> that's my that's my <laughs> you decide. It's it, I mean it's also the first time we've done a film that's like new. Yeah, like really new. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well, if you've got so any re- film recommendations that you want us to cover, please email them to us at the bad film no, it's badfilmpod at gmail.com. One day I'll get it right. One day. That was not today, but <laughs> yes, you know. If you missed that, it's in the description below. Yeah. But yes, true. email us those recommendations. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye. Do you love the Bad Film Club? Consider supporting us through the ACAR supporter feature. It's up to you how much you want to give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in our show description to support us in any way that you can. We really appreciate it.